Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Our Commonwealth Games coverage, we had the Olympics for you last year and what a time that was, but the Commonwealth Games has been a lot of fun as well and you can listen to it on SEN. It starts at 7pm on Fanatic. We'll bring you live coverage here on 11.16 in Melbourne from 9pm tonight, but it will be there for you on the app. And the man who will be leading the coverage is Matt White. And he's with us here on SEN uh, tonight to uh, preview the night coming forwards, so coming ahead um, uh, this evening. Matt, uh, evening to you. How's things? Evening, Jordan. Yeah, really good. Thanks. Looking forward to day five of competition over there. Of course, it's uh, getting underway in about an hour or so, half an hour, in fact, uh, time over there. And a, and a big one, too, because obviously a lot of the focus has been on the swimming mm-hmm. and the cycling in particular, which is the way of the world when you open the batting essentially at a major event like this, but we swing into athletics today. So the first day of track and field in athletics. And uh, I've just done a quick chat with Tamsin Manu, a part of the seven commentary team over there. And and honestly, we almost had to turn the microphone down. She was that excited. She was jumping (laughs) through the phone, ready to rumble. I said, what's coming up tonight? And she said, how long have you got? (laughs) So um, they're pretty pumped and they're pretty happy to finally take a few of the headlines away, especially from the swimmers and, and Kyle Chalmers, et cetera, in particular. Exactly, yeah. Well, Kyle Chalmers is the first name you sort of, uh, you write down, isn't it, when you're talking about what's happened today in the last 24 hours. And we definitely will chat about what's coming up tonight because uh, let's always look forward. But you can't avoid the uh, the headlines around what's been happening with Kyle Chalmers. Firstly, just on the win this morning, 100-metre freestyle, how much of that win was about him achieving success just purely and simply or how much of it was about him wanting to to win to almost uh, to almost spite what the uh, the tabloid drama has said about him I pose that question today you know what what was Kyle there to achieve today was he there to achieve a victory which he's earmarked for a long long time and essentially that's his number one aim or was he there to silence the critics and I think there's a little bit of both in that and probably after the events of well, the last few months now, because this goes back to the Australian trials, that silencing the critics started to become priority number one, which leads me to question what's going to happen next for Kyle Chalmers. If that's become his driving force, that's uh, a little bit of a concern. However, put all that aside, the one thing that he was there to do at these Commonwealth Games, aside from the relays and all that kind of business, was to win the 100 metres freestyle final. He's an Olympic champion in this event yet to win the Commonwealth Games gold medal in this event. James Magnuson, my co-host on our coverage, is the last Aussie to do so in 2014. So that should have been the absolute focus. All the palaver that went on around it was unfortunate, um, and there's a whole stack of reasons why it, it unfolded the way it did. But at the end of the day, he did the job that he was there to do, which is walk away with the gold medal in the 100 free and join a very elite list of athletic uh, of swimming royalty in Australia of those who have won both the Olympic and the Commonwealth 100 free. I mean, it's, you know, it's the big dog event, mate. It's the Mm -hmm. alpha male 
um, I'm going to lead the way event. So uh, out of all of the other headlines that have gone around it, I think that's been pretty unfortunate. Look, this stuff happens all the time. There's, there's all of this stuff going on all the time in Commonwealth Games teams, in swimming teams, in uh, Olympic teams in particular, but it's made the headlines because of the players within it and especially because of the new eyes and the new dynamic of reporting on this because Cody Simpson's in there as well and Emma McKeon's our now most decorated Olympian and most decorated Commonwealth Games athlete. So everything collided at the right time in terms of, you know, the storylines and the headlines and the clickbait and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is Kyle delivered what he was here to deliver, which is the 100 metres freestyle gold medal. So um, I think that's probably the best way to summarise that. And then we just wait and see what happens next with Kyle. His father, Brett, came in today and criticised uh, Swimming Australia for not protecting their athletes enough. Uh, the yep. comments probably didn't help uh, trying to sort of um, uh, dilute the uh, the flame that's happening right now around Kyle Chalmers. But would you say Brett Chalmers' comments are warranted? Fair enough. I, I think they're, they're fair enough because when I watched and I spoke to journalists who were there um, at that all-in media conference where, um, you know, they, they just kept badgering Kyle about this situation with Emma and Cody and they didn't focus on anything else. Let me take you back to the Australian swimming trials, Jordan, in, in uh, South Australia a few months ago where all this started. This is where it all started. By that stage, we... Or, or the swimming world had started to know that Emma and Cody had got together and Emma and Kyle used to be together, right? So what what unfolded there was there was a, an incident as far as I was told that as um, Kyle got out of the pool for one of the heats, they went up over towards the media and the media said, no, no, we're fine, we don't need to speak to you, we need to speak to Cody, right? Now, they'd already spoken to Kyle before and that put his nose out of joint. And so it should, you know, because he wanted to protect his other teammates and he wanted to get his say out there. So that that was bubbling along a few months ago, a good few months ago. They, they knew that this was going to happen. They knew that the focus was going to be on them. Swimming Australia should have stood in the middle of that press conference and said, not let it go for 20 minutes, mm. 20 minutes for this. And they should have said, enough's enough. We're moving on. We've got to protect this guy, not from the stories and the headlines. We've got to protect him and the others to make sure that they're ready to swim. So James Magnuson and I have spoken about this at length throughout our coverage. And the missile is that there's two ways to do this. You can, and remember, he's been in the middle of this. You, you can lean into this and start the fight while you're, while you're at a, at a uh, major meet, or you can just deal with it uh, as much as you need to move on, concentrate on the job at hand, and then, you know, basically deal with it afterwards. I think Swimming Australia missed the boat on this one. They didn't handle it well enough. Um, I don't think they're the, the most innocent party in it. I think everyone's got a, a part to blame. But they should have protected him. They should have protected him as the athlete who's there to do a job, just like all the other athletes are as well. So Brett, um, Brett Chalmers, his dad, has, has certainly got a right to say that, in my opinion. So on one side, we've got Swimming Australia there. On the other side, then, uh, the, other, the other side of the line drawn down the middle is the media. Is this just the worst of the media? It's the different part of the media. This, this is the thing about it. Because the fact that Cody Simpson is now in this mix, there's a different set of eyes on this story. So you, you're swimming journalists and you're, you know, your regulation, if I can put it like that, journalists that are covering the games, that are covering swim meets, that have covered Kyle Chalmers and Emma in her career, um, are all there. But now there's another dynamic. And this dynamic's different. And Swimming Australia, I, in, I think don't really know how to handle that side of the dynamic. They know how to control things 
when it comes to, you know, team issues, etc. But this is totally different. Now you've got your your gossip columnist there and everybody's looking for the clickbait headline because it's got Cody Simpson involved in it. It's got Emma McKeon involved in it. So there's a different perspective put on this one. And I reckon that in the end, um, it, it, it may lead to athletes in Swimming Australia getting together and saying, okay, how do we now deal with this different dynamic that's that's in front of us? Because up until a couple of weeks ago, they thought they were in control of it and they clearly weren't. Onto the good stuff and what's actually been happening in the pool. Uh, the highlights from the first four or so days, Matt, uh, me personally, the 4 by 200 metre freestyle relay, the women's team that broke the world record was amazing. I, I don't want to sound sickeningly patriotic or too arrogant, but uh, but we should have expected to see something like that. But to actually see them achieve that world record and, and smash the field the way they did was was absolutely stunning. Has that been the highlight of the pool? We've had a couple of clean sweeps of the medals. What's been your pick? Yeah, I, look, I'd go towards the 4 by 2 and I'd go towards uh, Ariane Titmus's split in that because she's been chasing down the 200 metres freestyle world record that was set in the super suit era of 2009. So it's still standing since 09 and Arnie's getting closer and closer um, to try and get on top of that record. The split that she swam in that four by two was actually world record time. Now, obviously in the relay, it's a little bit different, but it shows just how close she is getting. And I love the fact that Dean Boxer, when you watch the replay of the four by two, (laughs) you'll see her coach. He knew the game was on. He knew that they were on world record time and he was like, okay, this is time for us to go. And he signaled to Arnie, Let's have a crack at it. They pulled off a similar heist at the trials in the 400 where they were going under the radar, but they knew that they had a crack at the world record time, so they just did it. They just went out and pulled it off. And this time around, he knew that there was a world record for the 4 by 2 on the line. They wanted to get it back from the Chinese. But I think when they, when they sit down and break that one down, they'll go, aha, we are now closer to the main one that we want. We want that 200-metre freestyle world record set in the super suit era. It's been impossible to break, but Ariane Titmus is so close to doing it. So, yeah, I'd put that one out there as well. And, look, the overall performances of Emma McKeon, four gold medals, one silver, 12 gold medals all up for Emma. She's now our most decorated gold medal winner, the most decorated gold medal winner in Com Games history. And, 17 overall so she should get a couple more uh early tomorrow morning in the finals there and probably gold again so it's just an incredible ride for an amazing athlete she's so she's reached the pinnacle in terms of medals and gold medals at at the olympics and the com games for us is she how it's hard to tell because she's still in the middle of her career there's still more to come from emma mckeon um, but how how close is she to just being the greatest ever Australian athlete? I don't think it's that. It sounds a bit exa- like an exaggeration to say, but I don't I don't feel like it is when you've won and achieved that much already. Yeah, it's really interesting because like let's let's do a little bit of a comparison, right? And and especially in Commonwealth Games gold medal history, once she got to eleven, she overtook Ian Thorpe, Susie O'Neill, Liesl Jones. Now, we all remember their careers, and Thorpe in particular, obviously an absolute superstar. Susie, just a darling of the pool that just won everything, and Liesl, just an, an absolute assassin. Now, these, these athletes, all the way through their careers, made headlines. Michael Phelps, as he become the most, became the most decorated Olympian, made super big headlines, and they were you know big stories all the time. Emma hasn't been that story. She's just been busily collecting gold medals for fun. She's been busily becoming our most decorated Olympian 
bang, out she pops of Tokyo 2020. And those who didn't really know her story in swimming went, who on earth is this girl? <laughs> who is she? And now we're starting to see she's she's just collecting medals under the radar, essentially. Now, obviously, with the Cody Simpson stuff, and every, now everyone knows who Emma McKeon is. But I get the feeling now she's reached a point where she is quite shy. She's She's quite an introverted person. But she comes from a swimming background. She's lived and breathed swimming her whole life. Her parents were swimmers and representative swimmers as well. This is her life. And now she's reached the point where she's talking about how proud she is of herself and who she's become. So to me, when that, when, when all of that you know, shyness and, and introvertedness um, gets taken away, she can just start to let her hair down and, and anything's possible with this lady because you know, she'll go on to Paris 2024 and she'll just start collecting medals again. I mean, she will absolutely end her career as the most decorated swimmer that Australia's seen. What do we have coming up tonight in the pool? We've got lots of finals ahead, a couple of backstroke finals as well, and some medleys. Yeah, so plenty of finals and plenty of Australians already booking their places. Uh, We've got a few heats getting underway in about 45 minutes' time, which will determine uh, the 200 backstroke for men and 200 fly for women. But the Aussies in action, well, we'll have three Aussies in the... Women's 100 metres breaststroke final. That'll be first up. So Chelsea Hodges, Jenna Strosh and Abby Harkin there. The 100 freestyle final with our girl Emma. So fastest qualifier into that with Molly O'Callaghan, second fastest. There's a name. Write that one down in your book if you haven't already. Yep. She's a superstar of the future. And Shana Jack, third fastest. So a chance at a one, two, three. Uh, Maddie Temple and Cody Simpson into the butterfly final. Uh, Sam Williamson and Grayson Bell into the 50 breaststroke final. Uh, we've also got the women's 800 metres freestyle final as well. So Arnie, Lani Pallister and Kia Melvitson in there. And that could that could also be a one, two, three, followed by the mixed four by 100 metres medley relay. So plenty of medals on offer tonight and plenty of Australian smack bang in the picture. And track and field begins tonight as well. And there's uh, the heats of the 100 metre sprint, which begins at a pretty reasonable time. 8.30, I believe, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, Rowan Browning's involved for the Aussies. Yeah, trying to go under that magical 10-second uh, mark. So Rowan will be uh, having the mullet flying at Alexander Stadium. So the heat's there of the 100 metres. The men's discus as well. Matthew Denny missed the podium the last games by five centimetres. So we'll see him in action. The women's 800, uh, Katrina Bissett featuring with Georgia Griffith. The heptathlon as well, Tennille Crace. Uh, in action. She's coached by Gwyneth Nunn-Kern. So some uh, sporting royalty in the stands or on the sidelines for the women's heptathlon and long jump. And then tomorrow morning, our time, Nina Kennedy will feature in the women's pole vault final as well. So day one of the track and coming to the closing end of the uh, swimming program. I settled in uh, on Sunday night, it was, to pretty much just watch exclusively the track cycling. And uh, it was well worth it because we won plenty of gold on that day with uh, Georgia Baker and then uh, Matthew Richardson in the middle of the night winning the sprint, which I stayed up for because there was a lot of sport yeah. that night. So I thought, why not? Um, and there was a bit of controversy yesterday as well with uh, Matt Glatzer and uh, was it a pair of broken handlebars like we saw last year for the uh, for the Australian cyclists? I, I got to say, I mean, you know, you've been around sport a long time, and you know that there are there are stories that sort of go through to the keeper almost. It, it, this is a big story in in cycling and what's unfolded because I sat there after we got off air. And I was watching the coverage as well. And what unfolded was, you remember at Tokyo, Alex Porter, the Australian, his handlebars snapped on him in the time trial uh, in, in one of the races. It snapped and he went face first 
uh, into the velodrome boards. It was a horrific accident, should never have happened, and caused um, a whole heap of angst. That was the Tokyo Olympic Games. They get to last night for the 1,000 metres time trial, and Australian cycling has worked out, for whatever reason, that the same handlebars that they're using are still unsafe. Now, they've been apparently doing all this due process and yada, 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 and they put out the executive general manager of high performance to try and explain um, the reason why they couldn't use those handlebars. But in a nutshell, what happened was for the 1,000-metre time trial, the Aussies had to go out with inferior handlebars. Now, they're aerodynamically charged, so they didn't have that aspect to them. It cost them one to one and a half seconds out there in a 1,000-metre time trial race, which is over in a flash. They should not have been anywhere near the medals, the Aussie, the Aussie men. And Matty Glatzer ends up winning gold, his fifth gold at Commonwealth Games, and Tom Cornish won silver as well. They were spent. And part of the explanation that Australian Cycling gave was we haven't been able to essentially uh, work with the manufacturers to make sure that these handlebars that we've got are safe. And I was sitting there going, well, hang on a second. This happened in Tokyo. This happened at the Olympic Games and you haven't worked it out now. And they also said that the athletes have been informed and essentially they're okay with it. Like hell they were. Can you imagine (laughs) saying to these athletes... Hey, by the way, you're going to start essentially with a one and a half second disadvantage because we fumbled and bumbled our way from Tokyo to this point and haven't worked out that the handlebars are safe. So just incredible. I think there'll be much more to this story um, as it goes along. And they were very, very lucky, in my opinion, Australian cycling, that Matty Gladstone won that gold and Thomas Cornish won that silver medal. But, boy, they had to work hard for it. Harder than I've ever seen uh, a cyclist go. They were just Mm -hmm. spent because... The aerodynamic advantage, Jordan, that they got, one and a half, they had to make it up elsewhere with their legs and and their heart. And and to do that over that distance is just, I mean, it's almost impossible. Somehow they pulled it off. And last one, in a nutshell, Matt, what's uh, what's been the other sport that's taken your fancy? We've been good. We had the Golden, the Rugby Sevens. Uh, yep. The Diamonds have been good, as always. Uh, they'll get better in the latter stages of the netball. But what's that one sport you're latching onto? I tell you what, we had a lot of fun last night. James Magnuson knows a lot about swimming and a lot about sport. He knows a heck of a lot about his Bulldogs in the NRL. He knows nothing about lawn bowls. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And the men's triples were on last night while we were on air. I said to him, have you played much lawn bowls? He said, never sober. And I went, oh, dear, here we go. <laughs> so we were captivated last night. And here I was with uh, Maggie a double world champion in swimming trying to call some lawn bowls as Australia was going for gold. It was just fantastic fun (laughs) to watch. So we were heavily invested in that and there'll be more on tonight. So I'm going to test his patience again this evening. Brilliant stuff, Matt. I look forward to uh, tuning in on the way home to your coverage. It starts at 7pm. So you're on air in a couple of minutes and uh, it'll be nationwide on SCN from 9pm tonight. Thank you so much, mate. And uh, and have a, uh, have a good coverage. Good on you, Jordan. Matt White with us, our uh, host of our evening's, Uh, sessions on the Commonwealth Games. You can listen on SEN Fanatic to begin on the app and then nationwide all across our uh, our national stations from 9pm. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.